Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Kingdom of Honor. Or not Kingdom of Honor. Dynamite After Dark. We're not actually going after Dynamite tonight because, goddamn, that I, you know, I don't give a shit who wins this who wins this main event, and I don't think Jeff does either. Um, <laughs> it's not been it's not been a great show. Uh, neither one of us has very really enjoyed it overly, and you know, well, I, I enjoyed. I, I and I, you know, when I when I. Uh, you know, I, I texted Jeff like right at the beginning of the show, and I said, "The uh, I said this title means this title means nothing immediately," and he's like, "Why? Because Sean Spears is in the tournament?" And my response was, uh, "Because of over half the field." But you know, just but but Sean Spears being in a main event of Dynamite certainly turns me completely off. And then when he and Sammy Guevara are betting on who can who can hold a suplex the longest against against Darby Allen and make it and make it completely unrealistic. That fucking turns me off completely. So yeah, that's, I, I, that, I am totally out. I'm totally out on this main event. I mean, it's in all fairness, it's something that we're um, talking about doing is maybe broadcasting these uh, live with like instant reactions and then a little talk about it afterwards. But um, you know, that's still in the works, but in all fairness, there are people that are still watching. So I kind of want to give this match. It's due. No, I, it's due is it's give it its due. It's I'll give it its due due. It's it's a piece of shit. So. I I was even before that whole gambling segment, which just I, there's been parts of the show tonight that have borderlined on stupid, like not not even just like silly haha we're having fun, but silly stupid. Um, there were a few things that Colt said earlier that caught me. There was you know some of the debut matches. I'm I I'm not right now completely sold that Luke Harper is the right fit for the guy that he's portraying. I think he's the right fit for his position if it was tweaked a little, but I don't know that he's the right fit for the guy that he's portraying. Um, oh, you're wrong about that. He's the perfect fit for the guy he's portraying. I see. And I don't, I don't, you know, you know, we I don't forgot think to, so. We forgot to, I forgot to mention this last week, but clearly, you know, he's a guy that was, you know, that was overlooked in the WWE by Vince McMahon of all people. And now he's playing Vince McMahon on these shows and and i absolutely love it because you know it's to me he's the perfect guy because he is he was he was there you know he was there and he could see he saw all this bullshit and i forgot to mention it last week about the whole sneezing thing and you know you don't eat before you don't eat before i finish eating and all that kind of stuff it was obviously he's obviously playing a vince mcmahon type character and he's doing the same thing again this week and telling him not to yawn in his presence (laughs) i love it i think it's great and see, I I'm more of a. What the hell is Darby doing? He climbed. What the? Oh, I I think my biggest problem with this main event is you've got Cody, and you've got two of the rising stars that that probably are going to be main eventers and main eventing pay per views within ten years against each other. And they haven't been able to shine in this match. It's been a slow plotting match with bad storytelling. And just nothing has, you know. Now we're at the end of the match. We finally get something, a little bit of flash out of Darby and and Sammy. You know, I'm, trying, so- I'm 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 really trying to not be as hard on this match because I know that they have a limited talent roster to go with. You know, being be in the conditions that there are right now. But but you know, I I, I don't like Sean Spears being in a main event of Dynamite. Um, I don't like him being in the TV title tournament because I don't think I don't because to me. You know, there's guys in this tournament that either have never been on Dynamite before or have barely been on Dynamite, and yet they're in the tournament to crown yeah, I mean, a, T- a TNT champion. 
three out of that on TNT. Three um, out of that left side are just they shouldn't be in it. Spears shouldn't be in it. Neither should Kip Sabian. Neither should uh, Archer, and neither should uh, Cole Cabana. Exactly. They, and, um, those and, four guys have no reason to be in a tournament to crown a champion. And um, yeah, but 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 really, I mean, aside from, aside from my dislike of Sean Spears as a as, you know being portrayed in this kind of a way as a main event talent. Um, or a, you know an upper car town, whatever you want to call it, you know what what did in the inner circle say the dynamite after Jericho lost the title at Revolution? They said they were declaring war on the entire AEW. They said right. nobody was safe. They said that you know that they were going to to raise hell and raise havoc on everybody. Oh, now Darby a, just and, turns and, on Cody. And, and yet a member of the inner circle tonight is teaming up with Sammy Guevara. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, remember the inner circle and Sammy Guevara is teaming up with somebody outside the inner circle. I just think that's not, really bad storytelling. Not just somebody outside the inner circle, but somebody who is one in six in his career. He doesn't. He hasn't even. I mean, I'll look. I'll give. I, I, I personally think you've been hard on Sean Spears, but his record is even showing that he doesn't deserve the spot. He's one in six. He's in the middle of trying to do a YouTube find a partner skit. He does not deserve to be in a main event. And if they were just using this main event to get um, this little Darby Allen Cody thing across, they could have done it a whole much better way. Yeah, I mean, and and it's and it's these pairings because of the of the tournament brackets that are that are coming up. I mean, it, but it it could have just as easily have been. Jake Hager in this match teaming up with Guevara and it would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Or even, um, yeah. And then it would have actually made sense because the whole inner circle, uh, I I'm, I'm right there with you on this. I, I, for the first time ever, I think I'm going to agree with you on Sean Spears and the fact that he didn't, shouldn't have been there. It didn't fit storylines. It doesn't fit his character. It doesn't fit his win-loss record. The only reason for him to be in this match was for that stupid little gambling spot, which took away more of it than anything else. And the other thing, you know, the, and the other thing with the with the bracket for the for the tournament for the tournament is, as much as I love him, <clears throat> Dustin has the same problem of being in that tournament that Sean Spear does, Spears does, and that you know he's he's working on being a tag team wrestler right now. So yep. why is he in a tournament to crown a singles championship? And I mean, you know, and I, I get at least he has some sort of presence to where um, he at least is not disrespecting the tournament by being in it. Yep, that's true. You know, where I think those other four kind of are. I mean, you've got Sean Spears who's in it, but he's what now? Oh, he just got the roll-up win in this tournament, so now he's two and six. <laughs> but one one in six in in tournament or in singles competition throughout uh, the year so far, he doesn't deserve to be in a tournament. Then, like you said, there's three guys. Our Kip Sabian has done nothing except feud with Joey Janela, and then you've got um, maybe this tournament should have been held off until the full roster and the crowds could be there. But well, if you're it, going, it definitely it definitely should have been because I mean, there's going to be people out there that are going to be apologists and saying. Well, they're going with the they're going with the bracket that they have right now. Great. Why do they have the turn? Why are they doing the belt right now? They're, well, they're, and they're, they're adding a they're adding a TNT belt for you know 
at a time where there's no crowd, there's no reason to have it. You know, you and I have argued ever since AEW started, they don't even need a damn mid-card title in the first place. No. And and now they're going to add it now when it doesn't make, when, when there's no crowd out there, there's no excitement for it, there's nobody to cheer for it, and they're crowning the first champion of a TNT championship at their next prospective pay-per-view, which doesn't make any sense either. I am Because we know, don't know when that's going to be even. You know, when are you they going to hold one? If they were going to add another title, and and you know, I, I'm and I'm going to credit my buddy Sidgwick with, with saying this. Um, Sidgwick is the guy, Jeff, that you know. I don't know if I've mentioned him to you before or not, but he writes for What Culture. Um, before that, he wrote for Lords of Pain alongside me. He's the one that got me into NJPW. In turn, I got you into NJPW. So in a way, he's responsible for us doing this show together. Right. Um, and you know, he but he wrote for What Culture yesterday. You know about how. If they were going to institute a new championship, <clears throat> it should have been a trios title, and it really should have been. They sh- they should yep. have been the first major American promotion, because I'm not going to count Ring of Honor. They don't. They've never had a national exposure like this to have a trios championship. Because look at all the factions that they have. Um, and if they weren't going to do that, and I, and this is not what what Sidney said, it, then it should have been something else. Like it, it should have been a never open weight championship. Like. And, not, and never in the sense that it was originally intended for, which is like an under 30 title. Because look at all the guys that I have that are under 30 that are great and moving up in the, in the, in the company. Right. Um, it or it should have been like a tough man championship, like the never open weight title has turned into, where there's a separate division. Or it could have been a cruiserweight title where there's a separate division. But they don't need another mid-card title. So well, they're going to do something to make this, makes this championship really special and really different which they have not said anything about whatsoever. It's just a mid-card title on a show that didn't need a mid-card title. It's a TV title is what it is. And I assume that's what it's going to be, but unless they actually announce this is a title where um, where either the title's on the... where there's a 20-minute match where the title's only on the line for the first 10 minutes, or where they're all 10-minute matches, and, it's a, and it goes back to... harkens back to the original NWA, WCW, Mid-Atlantic TV title. I don't want it. You know, we're going to well, get it, and I'm sure a year from now we're going to be used to it and we're going to be excited for that title to be defended. But right now, to me, it's just totally extraneous. And again, what's the point of the ranking system? Honestly, if you're going to introduce a, a mid-card title or, a, you know, it's not a weight limit title. It's not an age limit title. It's just a mid-card title. So if you're going to introduce a mid-card title, why don't you use your top eight ranked competitors and rank them that way? Seat them that way. The number yeah. one number one contender goes against number eight, number two against number seven. Instead of throwing together four to five people that don't deserve to be in this type of tournament. Yep. And and you know, Cody being in this tournament really hurts the credibility of that stipulation that co- that cost him a I've never been able to wrestle for the AW title again. You know, it, it, it really, I shouldn't say him being in the tournament cost it. The belt existing, you know, really downplays that because now, yeah, he, he, he can, he can't be AEW champion, but he can still be AEW TNT champion, you know, and he's a main eventer. So yeah, I, I understand that anybody beating him is going to gain credibility, but still, and all to me, to me, that title existing, especially only a couple of months after he lost that stipulation, really um, take, takes away from him never being able to be the AEW champion. Well, that stipulation was stupid anyway, and you know they're going to figure out some way to get around that. There yeah, will be but, a but time when Kobe will I, be champion, and 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's going to be something like, you know, he wins the um, wildcard tournament, or, or the, uh, is that what it's called, the wildcard battle? Yeah, wins the wildcard battle royal or something, you know. Who knows? But. Yeah, I mean there there'll be a, there'll be a way that he'll get back into it. It's it was a stupid stipulation, something that never should have been uttered in the beginning in the, in the first place. Considering that they knew they were building towards MJF and and um Cody, so you knew he was going to lose the belt. It, it was just it was a bad stipulation to begin with. And what I was saying about Brody Lee, I I think. With an, and I get that he's trying to do the Vince McMahon character and everything, but he has uh, he doesn't have that kind of intimidating credibility yet. Like of Lance Archer, I could clearly see in that role with the just because he's just a scary dude to look at. Luke Harper is not as intimidating as Lance Archer is. So to be that demanding, screaming, throwing things, I would rather see um, Brody Lee be more of a Tony Soprano type character where he's not as intimidating, but you know damn well he's the boss and he can kill you at any second. Fair enough. I, I just don't think, that, I don't think, I don't think that's the idea of character. You know, the no, character and, and, that's, and that's where... That's where I'm having issues with it is I just I, I just don't think – I mean I, I think he's the right guy to be the, the exalted one. I just am not a fan of the way he's presented and I, I'm not a fan of him constantly referring to himself as the exalted one. <laughs> well, he also referred to himself as Mr. Brody. Right. Which I thought was hilarious. Um, yeah. Um, you know – for those who don't know, or it isn't obvious to, the reason that he's called Brody Lee is because he looks a lot like Jason Lee. You know, and, and Jason Lee played uh, the character Brody in Mallrats. So, um, but if you, but but I am going somewhere with this. But but also, you know, I think that if he were to shave, you know, and be all dressed up with that hair slicked back, he could also have a, would have a passable resemblance to being, to possibly being a, a son of Vince McMahon. You know, so 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 I do think that he kind of fits that role in a way that Lance Archer would not be able to. Yeah, I I I think I'm I'm looking more at the character that he's portraying to be a better fit for Lance Archer. The role I think is perfect for Brody Lee. I'm just not a fan of the way that the character is developing, with him being as trying to be as intimidating as possible. Um, the other thing that was borderline silliest, silliness is um, Dark Order number eight and nine. Well, th- that's where I was going to. That's where I was going to go next. <clears throat> is I feel I don't feel the same way that you do about the backstage stuff going on with him, and I and I think that even if I did feel that way, I would realize okay, well, he's just only been doing this for a couple of weeks. He has time, for, plenty of time to grow into this role and for it to become more natural for him. And, you know, and, you know, a more natural thing for us to see in those instances, to me, him coming out and powerbombing his own guy and then giving that weird stare down to the other guy was the silly part of the whole thing. That, I just that, that I thought was just awful. I've just I, I'm, I'm just not buying into it. I, I'm not the whole ever since he was revealed as the exalted one, I think. 
it, while there's some little bits of comedy to it, um, you know, and it's just not, it's not being presented enough to where I'm buying in. Now, like you said, yeah, he might grow into the role. I might buy into it in a little bit, but I've been down on this whole Dark Order thing now for a couple of months, and it just seems like it's gone from bad to silly. And silly, in a lot of times, is worse than bad. Yeah, because I think what they really need is a few, is is a real feud. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know they I know they're doing this up with SCU, but I but I'd be, um, of course, maybe it's just because I, of my feelings about SCU. But I mean, to me, if they had a more intimidating opponent and there was going to be like some kind of a blood feud going on instead of what we've seen so far it'd be a lot easier to buy into. Well, how about this? How about, you know, when you have a battle royal for the tag team titles, you have your uh, founders, Evil Uno and Grayson in it, not the two sidekicks. How about, you know, we've got two other tag teams that are involved in the Dark Order with Evil Uno and Grayson and then also those other two, and I can't remember their names right now, and then you send out eight and nine against a debuting... um, I think Natural Apple would have been a better fit for them than Natural Nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, just because that's, you know... It sounds, like a, it, sounds, it sounds like a good way to have it, to take a poop, too. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying it's, you know, QT's gimmick is the Apple and, um, you know, Natural Dustin Rhodes. I, I just, the Nightmare, the only reason the Nightmare comes in there is because uh, Brandy's their manager, I guess. I, I'm not really sure what that's all about, but... Um, uh, it just this whole dark order thing it's been it's been bad for months it's been nonsensical for months and now it's just borderline silly um i can't buy into brody lee and the current character he's doing i really do fit i think he would fit a more of a um a, a mob boss leader than a threatening i'm going to kill everybody type guy um uh, yeah, no, I, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, and and as far as the Dark Order thing, you know, I think that this really, really should have been featured more on Dynamite, having, like, knockdown, dragout brawls with SCU and best friends. Because that, well, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's really who they've been against. And then they could have eventually built so that that was the feud going into Blood and Guts, rather than, you know, a scattered version of the Elite taking on inner circle out of basically out of nowhere, you know, right. I, I mean, I, I really think that's really what they should have built to. And I realized you know, we're still, we still be in the same situation where blood and guts would have had to be postponed and maybe that would have hurt him more. I don't know, but I, but I really think that, um, dark order, yeah, we saw the vignettes, but for the most part, they've been directionless. And whether that was because they were waiting for Brody Lee to become available or waiting for something else to happen, I have no idea. But I really think that you know if there had been if there'd been if there'd been something more heated going on rather than this goofy shit like Christopher Daniels pretending to be a member of the Dark Order or you know all this other stuff going on, we would have been in a much better place. We feel better about this angle than we do. Well, and not just that, but I mean the the fact that the Dark Order was originally just a tag team, and then it morphed into this whole thing from that tag team, but that tag team never really got a chance to get over. They really didn't. I mean, they were bounced in the second round of the tag tournaments. You know, they never got a chance to really get over as a tag team. And then all of a sudden, they're taking the tag team itself is taking a backseat to their minions. It just it's it's not been well done, not at all. And the other thing that um, 
I was uh, disappointed in was the fact that Lance Archer debuted against uh, Marco Stunt. Why? You love Marco Stunt. <sighs> Come on. You do? do we, but do we need to continue? <laughs> do we need to? I, I guess I'm just over squash matches. And that's what this was. It was going to be a squash match regardless, but even Luke, Har- or, uh, Luke Harper, um, Brody Lee, got a match against someone feasible last week. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Marco Stunt is, is much worse than, Q- than QT Marshall. Um, but at least stature-wise, he stands up a little bit better. That is true, but we also wouldn't have got the um, bad Mabigolo Spike Dudley type image of um, Lance Archer choke slamming um, Marco Stunt into the crowd. Get like, off my damn computer, please. So, no, I'm doing a show with you. Um, no, this so, cat <laughs> keeps jumping on my work computer. And you know, I don't think I don't think he would have been able to do something like that to like QT Marshall or um, I don't know. No, I mean, I I get why I get why I get why they used the smallest guy on the roster to make him look stronger and all. I just uh, I don't feel like it was necessary for a guy like Lance Archer. And I believe me, I love the way that he came out and did his um, his uh, uh, Suzuki Goon character and took out a a ringside uh, ringside person like he was a young lion. That made me happy. Um, it, well, it's not necessary for you and I because we know who Lance Archer is. But right. But but let's also think about the fact that you know what do we say so often about guys that are on this sh- that on this show like Kenny Omega and Phoenix about how you know people are finally getting a chance to see these guys on a, on a weekly basis on national television that may never have seen them before because they were in Japan or they were on the Indies and that's really what where I think that you know. You might be like losing a little bit of sight here that a national audience has seen Lance Archer maybe for the first time, or at least for the first time in a decade, and you know, getting a, and getting a, and being able to see what he can do. Yeah, he, and you know, it's it's always been a thing in pro wrestling, and it probably always will be that you know the big guys are you know generate that awe, and they look even bigger when they're against the smaller guys. Well, I will say this. It is nice to have a, a debut lately. Lately, their debuting characters have actually been winning. So that's been nice. <laughs> you know, I, I, that was a complaint I had a couple months ago, and they've, they've kind of course corrected that a little bit. You know, the two things I did really, well, um, I really liked the first two matches on this show, and then I also liked the segment with Chris Jericho and Vanguard 1. I, um, I, I think we, I don't know. Did we talk about that on the air? Or was that before? Um, I think it was before. I I mean I was okay with the segment until he released the hounds. Then it just that got was so. Fu- that was so funny though. It was funny, but I was already done with the silly because of, um, you know, Cole Cabana's. Oh Jesus, he's t- him talking about Lance Archer and how he's going to beat Lance Archer in, or in two weeks, and he's going to do it with his comedy and jokes <laughs> what the hell was that i that was the worst comment i've ever heard in my life i'll beat him i you know i got i'll use all the all the comedy and jokes i have at my disposal to do it it's like what <laughs> he had a few- I, I, I think you were supposed to have that reaction i think it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek but it wasn't it wasn't 
like it got nothing. I mean, I, I would have maybe gotten it as a tongue in cheek thing if if Tony had giggled a little or if he'd even said it lighthearted. But he he was saying in as serious a mood as, or as tone as he could. And then, you know, he kept then he kept going on and on throughout the night. I'm a podcaster. I'm a YouTuber. Oh, yeah, but I'm also a wrestler and I can show that next week. It's like, OK, dude, calm down. You're not helping yourself. Well, I do wonder how that's going to happen next week because I, because I, I think clearly Kip Sabian is going to win and, and Colt Cabana is going to win because they were setting that up last week on the show. You know, mm-hmm. for those two, those two to be, or maybe it was two weeks ago, for those two to have a match. So, so I'm just, I'm just interested to see how that ends up happening. I mean, does Archer, does Archer just, you know, just beat Cabana so bad he gets it up to disqualified? I mean, who knows? That's probably the only way it can happen because I can't see them punking out two hot people uh, in two back-to-back tournaments like they did with Dark Order in the tag tournament. Well, the other way it could happen is, you know, we don't know which match is first, so if. <laughs> If Cody is facing Darby Allen and Cody loses to Allen because of interference by Archer, then Cody could interfere in Archer's match. Yeah, well, Cody Cody versus um, is next week, and Archer is in two weeks, isn't it? Or are they both next week? I don't think they, I don't think they've said, have they? I thought they said tonight that the first half of the tournament was this week, and then the second half was next week. Oh, okay, so or, yeah, so so it's. Wait, Cody is facing. Who's Cody? Cody's facing um, Spears. Spears, that's right. And that's so next bo- week. So these are actually both pay per view rematches that are coming up next week. Right, and the thing with next week too. It, see, when I looked at this tournament, I I was looking at you it going. Of, you probably missed the opportunity for you to yell at me for yawning in your presence. Oh, uh, I wasn't going to do that because I think that's a dumb gimmick right now. <laughs> I believe me, it crossed my mind, but then I was like, ah, just I just railed on how bad that gimmick is, and um, I uh, the way I look at this tournament is I see it going one of two ways, and I'm probably going to be wrong because um, I didn't predict SCU to win the tag tournament titles either, but. I see it going one of two ways. I see the winner of Guevara and Darby Allen because those are essentially the two hottest pl- uh, guys in the in the company right now. Yeah. And I could easily see it going to the winner of that match. Mm-hmm. And as far as the winner of that match goes, I honestly don't know. I uh, before um, you know a couple weeks Sorry. ago, I yeah I would have said that a couple weeks ago, but Sammy's been on fire lately. He's been on fire on the mic. He's been on fire in the ring. Tonight, we'll throw tonight out. But I, his match last week against uh, Omega, I thought was great. You know, he's, he, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning towards it being Darby, but I honestly don't know. The well, other. Well, no, well, don't you think they kind of set that up tonight, though, with, with what happened at the end of that main event where it was Darby, where we, get, we would get Darby and Cody in the second round? Yeah, I. Are we really going to do that with two sides of the of the bracket, though? We set that up two weeks ago with Kip Sabian and Colt Cabana. Now we're going to do it again with Darby and, and Cody? They've done it twice. They did it twice in the tag team tournament. Uh, well, they did it with the Dark Order and Best Friends, and they did it with SCU against uh, the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope that's not what happens. I, it'll pro- My guess is it'll probably be Darby. That I mean, that's my guess is it will probably be Darby, and then Darby's finally going to get his um, one up on Cody because doesn't he have two time limit draws against Cody? No, he's he's been time limit draw, and then Cody beat him a couple a couple of weeks ago. 
wasn't didn't they have another match though when uh Darby was said I'll be your tag partner if you know if I prove I can hang with you or whatever and he went the time limit draw again or something no he said I'll be your ta- I'll be your tag team partner but then you have to give me another shot at you okay and when he got them to the shot again before you beat him okay that's what it was I my head's in a cloud right now so um that's fine yeah that's that's right but it it, it would still be I could still see that, you know, that scenario where, okay, it's Darby and Cody in the second round, and then um, you've got Darby getting his big win over Cody and moving on. But the other scenario I can see is, is on the other side, Lance Archer just running through this kind of like Alex Hammerstone did with the national title. Yeah. You know, I am so torn because I am so down on this title existing, <laughs> and, and, and I'm down on... Darby Allen being the first champion because I just I feel like it's going to take away from him ever if he ever him winning the title here this title is going to take away from when he become eventually becomes AEW world champion in my opinion but um, think of, think but, about it this way but, but but I don't feel that way about Sammy Guevara you know Sammy Guevara I feel like you know he's not he's not had a shot at the AEW world title yet he's he doesn't have that that path that he's already started towards that championship <laughs> And this would and this would give a title back to the inner circle if he were to win it, and it's right. a perfect. And, and if it is a t- if it is treated as a TV title, where it's like you know a t- you have ten minutes to beat me, or you know it goes to a time limit draw, or the title is no longer on the line, it's a perfect gimmick for a heel. So, <coughs> um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I feel the same way as you. It's there's only three guys in, I can see coming out of this with the championship. You know, it's it's Darby, Sammy, or it's um, Archer, or it's or it's Archer. And if it's Archer, he's just gonna run over people. Maybe he'll just turn it into a, a, a tough man championship. Well, I could. What I could see coming out of this is now that Moxley's the champion, and you know, Darby Allen is a top face. Moxley's a top face. I I can see Darby chasing this title with Lance being the champion. And I think those two could put on amazing matches because you've got the one guy who likes to dish out punishment and the other guy who ignores punishment. You know, I just and I'm just gonna see it so it's out there and one of us has said it. They're gonna they're gonna totally pull the wool over our eyes and they're gonna put the title on the table. <laughs> would not you know? I would it, I would, would be it, okay it would, with that. It would, it would be very very totally Blanchard and Baby Doll for it to be Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. I would be I would be okay with that simply because we're not expecting it, and I I feel like lately, um, with some of the silliness going on with the whole, uh, it, it, forget what's actually happening in the world. Um, when you look at AEW in general, it's gone towards kind of a dark feel. We've got the whole Dark Order and, and that. And then we've got Matt Hardy coming in. And then you've got the whole thing with Hangman and, and his stuff, the inner circle. It, it's really gone into kind of a dark place. So for a um, complete swerve like that to have a guy who's flashy and um, really full of himself to, to come out and win the title, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Kip Sabian doing that, to be honest. No, me neither. Um, I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, but those are the only four guys I could see leaving with the championship. I, I don't see Cody doing it. I don't no. see Spears doing it. Nope. I don't see Cabana doing it. And 
and I, I certainly don't see Dustin doing it. No, and and to be honest, in all honesty, I don't see Kip Sabian doing it either. Uh, but it would be nice. I would, I would personally, I would be way more than okay with that because I think that's kind of a little bit of what AEW might need right now. They don't have any kind of flashy front and center champions. Not just champions, but storylines or uh, or factions or anything. It's everybody is really kind of a darker character. Darker factions, darker champions. It'd be nice to see that flashy um, guy like Kip Sabian, you know. And I'd love to see him come out with tassels and things like that. I, it, that would just be a nice change of pace for everything else that's going on with AEW right now. You know, you, you mentioned you, you mentioned um, you know darker, and you and you included Matt Hardy in there, and um, and I just want to say, you know, before I move on to before I just expand more on that. I want to say that, you know, even though you you felt like the Chris Jericho part was really cheesy, and I'm not going to say it wasn't, but and you said, you know, it was kind of too much on top of Colt Cabana's actions. I will tell you that I laughed out loud at two parts of that. One of them was um, Jericho climbing out of the pool and being told in, and having his long pants on after being <laughs> sitting in a swimming pool. Yeah, and um, then grabbing I, that I, little I, tiny T-shirt <laughs> made me laugh, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I just burst out laughing. Um, and the second thing was... was um, you know him him sending his uh, his hounds his his cadre of dogs his pack after a flying drone it's like what the hell are our dogs going to do especially when <laughs> one of them what i i and i don't know what i apologize i'm sure there's going to be dog lovers that are going to jump on me for this but i'm not sure what that dog breed was but the little tiny one that looked kind of like a a yorkie slash shih tzu type thing the one that just kind of stood there clueless yeah that, that <laughs> I'm, I won't lie. I did laugh. I just felt like it was borderline silly. But that's kind of what, how the broken universe has always been, and and that's and that's where I was going to go. Is that I is I love the fact that you know three weeks in they they're fully incorporating the broken universe. You know, um, where it's 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 off kilter, where it's off screen. It's out of the ring. It's out of the building. Um, now it's on Jericho's compound, not necessarily on the Hardy compound. But I can see where, you know, they can't do blood and guts right now because of the social distancing stuff. And right. you probably want to do that in front. Of, you probably want to do that in front of a big crowd anyway. You know, you can't do um, the lumberjack match between Wardlow and Luchasaurus. They originally advertised for last week. So they're doing stuff that I think is actually going to to be really um, fitting for the times that we're in right now. Like they're doing the empty arena, no holds barred match between. Um, Moxley and uh, Jake Hager, and and now I think we're going to get some something similar to a final deletion between uh, Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, and you know, and you know I think that that's what they're building towards, and I'm and I'm excited to see it. I think I think Jericho's new style fits well with that, and Matt Hardy's always done well in those things. I mean. I mean, you and I, you know, we we created. Was it in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? I can't remember, but you know, remind me which which one it is. Twenty seventeen, I'm pretty sure that you and I, we created our own, you know, WrestleMania card. We I think we called it WrestleZania, right. based on based on my Zanman character, where, where we took matches from the previous year, previous twelve months, and we put it in there. And and I selected as my tag team title match in my card. Um, the Great War from Impact, which which I think is was in a fantastic match, and you would t- and you had no problems with me included in there because it was so damn fun. 
Right. Um, you know, the final deletion was, you know, I don't think I ever watched the version that they did in WWE with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Um, but everything they did in Impact with the Broken Universe was awesome. And so, and so I'm, I'm very excited to see it come and come to AEW and see well, Jericho taking part in it. I think the thing they did in Impact that made the Broken Universe so well done was not just the matches and the you know the compound and and the Jeff Hardy final deletion stuff, but the fact that they included his um, his wife and his kid and and I can't remember the other guy his, his butler I don't I don't know who that was. It's actually his father-in-law. Oh, is that okay? But I think, and I think that's where WWE really dropped the ball on it. Is they didn't include any of that stuff, and it was, it wasn't just the Matt Hardy character that was so much fun. It was everything involved in it, the entire universe, all the other characters, all the other, you know, the just different stuff. The Matt Hardy portion of it gets a little bit boring at times because it's the same rhetoric him spouting out about being a 3000 year old whatever um but when he starts adding in the other characters i, I think is where it really kind of hits its stride and i hope that's the route they go with with aw with it yeah oh yeah actually and actually it's a three or three thousand year old character like there's another part that I, I i didn't really laugh but i kind of like rolled my eyes and chuckled when uh when instead of calling him Damascus, um, Jared, he called uh, him Dama- D- Damascus. Yeah, yeah, I caught that. I laughed too. I mean, I thought Jericho. Um, but, I thought but, Jericho's performance and his little his it fit his character well and was actually really compelling. Even the Vanguard One stuff, I didn't have a whole lot of issue with. I wish that they had set it up a little bit differently because we never really got. Matt Hardy's side of it. The, remember when they were setting it up, Tony Schiavone's like, oh, Matt Hardy sent us a video, and so did Jericho, so we spliced them together. Well, we really didn't get much of Matt Hardy's side of it. Well, just his, video, from, his, his video was Vanguard 1. Right, but, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole, I, I don't know, it just, it, it didn't, it seemed more like it was, it would have been fine with it just being a Jericho. Hey, Jericho sent us a video, see what happened. And I'm totally with you on what you said about his family. I mean, right now is not the right time for it because obviously you're not going to you're not going to want your family, especially when you have two little kids, to be traveling. Right. Um, but the the first time we see Rebecca come out there playing the piano with, with him coming down, I am going to pop huge. Yeah. I'm and what was what was his huge. what was his baby's name? Baby something. Uh, shoot, I can't remember. Well, I don't. I I felt like that whole. The whole family part of it was what made the character so well done. Oh, it was for sure. And it, but I'm just saying that you know, seeing Rebecca out there or Rebecca as he call, as he calls her, after, after playing the playing the piano or you know for him and, and him coming down to her doing that like on a big entrance at a pay per view or something is yeah. gonna be really something special. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, that, I mean that 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 promo I thought was done well. It just it. It got to a point where I was sick of the silly, um, and we'd had way too much of it at that point. And then to see the dogs come out, I was like, oh. And then to see the gambling, I was like, all right, I'm done. I can't do this anymore tonight. Yeah, I, I, I see. I get where you're coming from. Um, let's see. And it's it's weird to have me say that, too, when I was literally just saying that AEW needs to have a little more uh, flash and and you know happiness in their shows. They've gone a little too dark lately. Um, 
but you know that is the reality is they have gone a little dark but i don't want their i don't want it to just be comedy that is the light part of it we need to have we need to have some kind of happy character and with kenny kind of kenny kind of was that glowing light character for a while but he's really entrenched in the whole hangman story the the bucks are kind of gone a heel heelish type so they're not really that flashy um happy-go-lucky team anymore best friends best friends are about it yeah best friends in orange cassidy yeah yeah and I, i i just think they need a little bit more of that sprinkled in and i not so much that it becomes overwhelming and i like the feel of AEW. i like the darkness feel i like the the real people feel but they just they can be real people and have a flashy character that that really stands out, and I think Kip Sabian actually is a perfect guy for that. Um, Matt, Matt, Hardy's, Matt Hardy and Rebecca's son, you're talking, you were thinking of as Maxwell. Yeah. And they, okay. And they, had, and they actually just had their third child um, in December of last year. Oh wow. Um, Bartholomew Barty Kit. So, um, Bartholomew Barty Kit. Bartholomew, and then short, and then. Nickname is Barty, B A R T I E, and the kid's okay. name. Okay. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and you know that, and that's an, you know that's another you know reason why you know a tag team that I don't think should be a tag team in AEW kind of hurts me because I really feel like Ray Phoenix could be that guy too. Oh, so absolutely. I, I, I mean, I feel like Ray Phoenix would would write, you know, eventually it's going to be their world champion, but could really anchor that mid card as a bright shining star. Um, a happy-go-lucky, you know, um, luchador babyface for them, and I and I think he's I think he's miscast as a heel, and I and I really don't like him being kind of held down and attacked. Yeah, I agree with you there too, and I, and I do agree with you. I think he could be that flashy guy too. Uh, you know, and while you were talking, another segment that they had that kind of didn't sit well with me was the Young Buck segment. Okay. I. I mean, I I get what they're playing was that Nick got a concussion. And that's the way they're playing this off. I mean, and unless you're being told he got a concussion, you wouldn't actually think that by the way he was laying underneath there because it looked like he, you know, the door had fallen on him, not not hit him on the top of the head, you know, type. But regardless, you know, they're playing it off that he's got a concussion and in his statement there, he's talking about, I don't know when or if I'll ever be back. And, um, you know, all we know about concussions is you shouldn't be running the ropes and vigorous stuff like that while you're healing from the concussion. It wasn't that long ago that you got this, um, what they're claiming was a major concussion. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he's talking about how he doesn't know if he'll ever be able to come back and, and all this stuff. He But all he wants to do is get back to the fans and everything. And it's... When he said that, I kind of groaned too because it's like, ah, come on, you know what's going on right now. You can't have fans in your arenas. You know, it just the whole thing was kind of off-putting. I can see that. I, I guess yeah, I honestly wasn't paying that close attention to it. I'm not sure why because you and I have always been, uh, you know, big Young Bucks fans. But I mean, I, I guess I just wasn't, you know, really, I really wasn't wasn't buying into that drama tonight. I guess. Um, uh, it, well, and that's that's basically what it was. Is it's it, it became nonsensical drama. Because it, it's a concussion. That's what they've been playing this off as. Even when he was talking about his symptoms and losing, uh, you know, losing his memory for that little bit and everything, and it being scary, he had a grade three concussion. 
is what happened. And he, uh, it's with all of the knowledge that we have on concussions, that segment just didn't work. I'm actually very interested to see, you know, what is hap- what happens the next few weeks with AEW. Because I don't know, I'm not sure if you heard the news today, Jeff, but today the governor of Florida announced a statewide stay-at-home order. Um, oh. So by midnight tomorrow night, just like we are here in Minnesota, by midnight tomorrow night, there's no non-essential travel in Florida. Um, that, of course, is going to affect what WWE does with their performance center. I mean, it's going to mean that they can't film. AEW in Jacksonville anymore because it's not an essential service. Wow. Um, so I'm wondering, like, are they going to do what WWE did last week and just kind of th- try to film a bunch of dynamites in the next couple of days? Or are they going to try to maybe film one or two and, you know, especially get that, that empty arena match in and try to get the TV title tournament in? Um, you know, I was suggesting to my wife when I read that, I was like, well, you know, I wonder if they could, you know, if I were them and I and I didn't have time to do that or I wasn't able to do that, what I would probably do is is I would maybe do like one hour, um, maybe do like a, like two separate like one hour shows, like maybe like one hour, do like a best of another, another hour, like for the next like three weeks, like show an hour of, um, of Double or Nothing. You know, just go back to the beginning and just show those pay-per-views that are old you know, maybe not everybody's seen them, but you're, maybe you're not going to go back and pay the, the 40 bucks or 50 bucks to watch them. Right. Um, and just kind of show that background. Um, or I guess, I guess, you know, really, if you, if they wanted to, they could do some kind of like a, like a two hour long be in the elite specials, but I think that would get really old really quick. So, so it, it, it's very, it's going to be interesting to me, to me to see what they actually come up with over the next month. Cause it is a, it is a 30 day stay at home order that starts tomorrow night at midnight. Well, I'm hoping that the Floridians take it a little more seriously than those of us in Minnesota have. Or in California, all honesty. Or Hawaii. Yeah. Right. You know, stay at home. We're never going to get our lives back if we don't stay at home. I, I, it actually amused me to watching the news tonight where the uh, where they said that um, alcohol or you know liquor stores are an essential business but bookshops are not and neither are schools <laughs> <laughs> but but then it, but then it was explained to me that you know like uh, you know like alcohol is because um, they can't have people going, going through withdrawal right now because then that would that would help sharpen it rather than flat yeah, and that's uh, you know that was my theory. Too. I mean, if if they closed liquor stores, they would have to have armed guards at all hours on liquor stores because those would get looted immediately, and the the hospitals couldn't handle all of the withdrawals that would be happening. I mean, you know, it, there are some people that have drank nightly for years. And those people aren't just drinking a few drinks. They're drinking, you know, a lot of drinks. So for them to come down from that, the withdrawals would be insane. I wonder how many people are going to just decide they enjoy drinking at home more and they're not in the, and the bars are going to suffer like that. I don't think that'll ever happen. People, <laughs> need, people need socializing too much. I suppose. Um, now, yeah. me, on the other hand, I'm okay with this. I, you know, wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, getting out occasionally to go to a park or something, but I don't mind the being at home by myself or just me and my kid. Yeah, I don't either, really. So, um, 
Yeah, so I mean, the other, I guess, we, you know, the things we really didn't talk about was the stuff that we really enjoyed, which, you know, I thought, I thought the opening match between Frank and, and uh, Kenny was really good. I mean, I'm not going to give it the kind of praise that Tony and Cody were giving, and it wasn't, to me, like, the greatest thing ever, and it wasn't even the best, one of the best four matches I saw the last two days, but, but I thought it was a really good match, and then, and then I enjoyed watching um, my girl, Hikaru Shida, come out there and have a, and, and that strong debut match, I thought, by Anna Jay against her. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Anna Jay a lot. And um, I personally, I felt like that opening match could have been a pay-per-view main event match. Really? I, okay. I, thought, it, I thought it was that good. Um, do I think it's one of the greatest matches of all time? Absolutely not. I, I don't know that it was as great as they really let it up to be, uh, but I definitely could have seen that match. If that match had been a, a pay-per-view main event, I would have gone home happy. Sure. Yeah, that I, that I can agree with, but but I'm saying that you know I I liked Fletcher versus Mills better. Oh, absolutely. I liked I liked David Starr versus um, the young kid, whatever his name was again, better. Call him yeah. call him something. Yeah, I like I like that one better too. You know, so I mean, so I mean to me, it's not even well. And I said top four, but yeah, probably at least you know it's probably the third best match I've seen this week. Yeah, and I and I'll agree with that. I I guess my my whole point on it is i'm just saying that and i put it in our description that we had you know a main event pay-per-view quality match which we did i would have been happy with that being the uh, pay-per-view main event i would not i would not have been mad at i would not have been undertaker roman reigns mad had that been the pay-per-view or did you want to talk did you want to talk about that tonight since we didn't talk about it last night not uh, it is what i mean we can but i i'm not okay well, really, I that I thought, I thought you were disappointed we didn't get to it last. I, I, well, because it was it was topical and something that we could have spent you know five ten minutes on, but it's nothing major. I mean, Roman Reigns pulled himself out of one of the WrestleManias. Basically, and, what happened, and and you know what's gonna, it, it's it's kind of a odd call that he made. But then again, too, it was against Gold, so who cares? <laughs> well. Fans would have cheered Roman Reigns against, though. You know, I don't think so. He's still over. They still cheer him for some reason. But do you think people really wanted him to be the the Universal Champion? No, I was looking forward to Bray Wyatt. To be honest, I know, but I, but yeah, but I mean, Roman was going to win the title at this WrestleMania. I mean, obviously, you know, Mother Nature, God, whoever the fuck you want to say, changed those plans. But... <laughs> But I mean, that was always going to the car. You know, that was always going to be the case. Just like goddamn Charlotte was always going to be the main event of last year's WrestleMania, despite her not deserving to be there. Right. Exactly. So. But yeah, I mean, it was something we could have spent a little bit of on, but it wasn't pressing that I needed to talk about it. But that's pretty much it. You know, Roman Reigns pulled himself out of the main event. Yeah, I'm interested to see how many. You know, if that. I don't think so. Um, I could see it hurting his career is if the WWE is spiteful about it. That's what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Like if WWE says, oh, um, we took all the precautions, you would have been fine, and you made the executive decision just to pull out of WrestleMania, out of you know the main event of the biggest show of the year. A week before it happened. A week, a week before it happened. You know, we had already filmed the match, and now, and now, or actually, I guess they didn't film the match. We were all set to film the match, and you're like, nah, I'm going to pimp out. Deuces. Right. So. I, I Roman Reigns has screwed up enough um, that I don't know, and they've still stayed behind him that I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess I don't know. It, it's all going to depend on how on if um, Vince continues to see money in him or not. Well, you know, I think I think a big determining factor will be how the crowd reacts on this weekend when Braun Strowman wins the championship. Yeah, true. <laughs> there is no crowd, Jeff. I know. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you missed that or you're just playing along with me. I was playing along with you. Okay. <laughs> you said um, it so dryly that I was like, wait, did he really think there was going to be a crowd? I, you, the way I want to see the Braun Strowman match end is a spear and a jackhammer 30 seconds in from Braun to Goldberg. That would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. A 30-second match, Braun comes in, spears him, and jackhammer matches over. That'd be great. It's the only way I could sit through that match, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you know, the good thing about it is that Strowman and Reigns have had some amazing matches against each other. So. Yeah, they have, and that's that's one thing to look forward to. Is I mean, Roman's got such a great work ethic, and you know he's a hell of an actual wrestler. He may not be that great on the mic. He may not be you know the fans' choice, but ultimately he is an ama- He's a really really strong wrestler, uh, and he can have a great match with pretty much anybody. And he's proven it against Brock, against Seth, against. Um, Braun Strowman against John Cena. You know, he's had some great matches. So I think in the long run, talent trumps all. And his name is not, his last name is not Savage. So I think he'll be fine in Vince's eyes. But well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll say this. Um, in, to, in 2016, um, there were there were two guys that had three of the best matches in WWE. And one of those guys, his name was Roman Reigns. And the other guy's name is AJ Styles. And I'll fight anybody. And I'll fight anybody who disagrees with me on that. I, I told you that the, those three matches that they had that year were probably three of my favorite in the entire year. All three of them were. Well, no, they only had two. It was, those didn't they? I thought they had, I thought they had three. No, I was, what I would say is that is that AJ versus Roman, both of those two matches and back-to-back pay-per-views were amazing. Yes. Roman Roman versus Seth was the match of the year, and then and then AJ versus versus Cena at SummerSlam. Um, well, no, not 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 no that not that match. Excuse me, AJ versus um, Dean Cena. Ambrose. Dean Ambrose at TLC was amazing. And AJ versus Cena, even though Cena won the belt, was still amazing too. Oh, at the, that, yeah, that was, at that the was Royal Rumble, Rumble though. So it was, the, yeah. it was early the next year, but yeah, that was amazing too. So, so I mean, it, and, 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 and as far and as far as an actual story, you know, AJ beating Cena when Cena, you know, was rusty coming back at, at also at Money in the Bank was fantastic too. Well, and didn't he? Didn't they have that series where AJ got the won all three matches? Uh, yeah. Well, AJ beat him at um, Money in the Bank. Right. Then he beat him again at SummerSlam. In that tag and, and, match. And, and then and then he won. In, and then he beat him in that. Um, then he, there was that triple threat match, also involving Dean, that AJ won. Right, and then he lost to him at Royal Rumble for John to get a sixteenth title. Right. Exactly. Okay. But all me, I know is. But to me, what I'm saying is that you know, out of out of the four best matches in, in WWE in 2016. Three of them involved AJ Styles, and three of them involved Roman Reigns. So. Yep, yep, I agree. I, 
I'm not going to disagree with that. I think I think I think Roman is gotten kind of a um I I don't want to say maybe bad press because the fans turned on him because his name wasn't Daniel Bryan. Uh and for some reason the fans never forgave him for that. And part of that is the WWE continuing to push him down our throats, but we were in the midst of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and, you know, those types of wrestlers becoming our favorites and being pushed to the top to see the muscle bound guy like Roman get the, all the love was hard for a lot of people to take. But because of that, people have really looked past his actual ability in the ring and he is very good in the ring. See, for me, it wasn't that they pushed him over Daniel Bryan. It was that he, it was that they booked him so poorly after the shield broke up. Then he had that two months he was injured and, and he had no momentum going into the Royal Rumble. They still had to win the Royal Rumble. That that to me was, you know, it, it there's there's times that a course correction is called for and Vince McMahon just over the years has been completely un- unwilling to do it even though it's what's called for. Who was, what did he do? I'm trying to remember what he even did after the shield broke up. Well, he didn't seem to care about the shield breaking up, which was the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was Seth he, he and had, Dean. He, he ended up facing off against... Uh, um, Randy Orton. Okay, because I know it was Seth and Dean were having a blood feud, and then Roman just kind of went his own way and just so I was like, all right, well, whatever. Exactly. But then the guy who just went his own way got to keep the shield music, got to keep the shield look. The other two had to change their music and change their look, but Roman got to keep it all. Yeah. Figure that one out. <laughs> Which didn't make any sense to me because he seemed to be the one who cared the least about the shield. <laughs> exactly. So... All right. Well, so, so, I guess that's yeah. I guess I guess that's it for our show. You know, a little bit, a little bit of AEW, a little bit of WWE, a little bit of uh, I guess uh, the world at large. You know, I mean, um, you know, Jeff and I talked about this a little bit after our show last night, and, and you know, we hope that even though we, you know, we do mention from time to time what's going on, we hope that our show, both of our shows that we do, can be a bit of a distraction for you guys out there. It, it is for us. You know, we love doing this show, but we hope that it helps you guys. Um, get through this time to when your guys are st- when you guys are stuck at home, you know, with nothing to do. We we know that you have other entertainment options out there as well, but we hope that we can give we can give you guys a little bit of entertainment to get you through these these dark times as well. Which would be nice, yeah. Because I know that Shane is a very entertaining person, and I'm along for the ride. <laughs> You're not Again. so bad yourself, my friend. Uh, again, everyone uh, that didn't hear last night, um, uh, we gave April free for our Patreon list subscribers. Um, anyone that, uh, that's, not April, that's not April Fools either. No, that's that's a real life thing. Uh, anybody who's currently subscribed to us gets the month of April free because we haven't been able to put content on for the last couple of weeks, and and probably won't again next week because of uh, the ridiculous forty hours of WrestleMania we have to watch. Um, but, you know, we gave you the month of April free. Anybody that signs up now gets the month of April free. They won't get, nobody will get charged until May 1st. A little bit of a payment holiday just in thanks for being supportive to us over the years. Um, also, you know, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. That's where you go for that. And after April, starting May 1st, donations will kick up again. And we would appreciate if you did donate it, don- donate to us. And we do give, uh, not only our archives, uh, which is every show we've ever done all the way back to 2015. But also we try to produce at least one Patreon-exclusive show. Um, 
Well, we try to do at least three per month. Uh, shoot for four, hope to get three. Um, exclusive pay-per-view shows per month. And right now we're working on running through the Sinclair the Sinclair uh, um, era of Ring of Honor. Uh, also, our YouTube channel, if you're listening to it, appreciate it. Uh, go ahead, hit the like button hit the subscribe button ring the notification bell because we do this live twice a week and at least once a month we're going to try to get back to doing a a live breakdown of a current show that we're watching the one coming up here is lock and key and then of course our uh, twitter i'm at zanman he's at or wait no he's at zanman i'm at regi co-op use hashtag dad and hashtag koh you'll be able to find us pretty easy that way yeah, so we're covering Lock and Key right now. We, we the last one we covered was Watchmen, and our and our buddy Ryan asked us if we could cover the se- this third season of Jessica Jones. We don't need to, to circle back on between for too long anyway. So I think um, if 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 Jeff's amenable to it, I think that after we do Lock and Key, we're going to go right back into Jessica Jones. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I I do know that we've got this um, Tiger thing that is the all the rage now that just debuted on Netflix too. So I'm going to want to check that out at some point. That is an amazing show, my friend. <laughs> is it? I haven't I haven't and, seen a single second of it. And and you know, here's here's something incredible about that. I actually met the guys in that show. Oh, um, did you? I, yeah. Um, about a uh, several months. Well, I want to say maybe six months after my brother passed away. Um, the guy, the, the Tiger King, actually had a touring bus where he would he would tour around with tiger cubs and lion cubs and 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 even bigger tigers and you could go in there and you, and you could see the see the big ones and you could play with the little ones and i got to play with a lion cub there you know i met uh i met the tiger king himself joe exotic i met his husband um and and the folks that he worked with so you know it it's very it, it was kind of incredible that when we were flipping through netflix we saw that kabam we're like we know those people <laughs> i mean not wow. know them know them but we met all those people you know so um, and we even donated to them. We donated a, a fax printer to them when they were looking for a fax machine, and that gave me an extra twenty minutes to get to play with Oliver, the little baby, the little baby lion cub. So nice. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, that's a that's a great show. Um, another show we talked about doing was October Faction, but now I read this weekend that they canceled it after one season. So I'm not, not sure we're gonna we're gonna do that or not. So um, uh, anyway, um, I don't know. Make sure you stay tuned to all the other LOP Radio shows. Tomorrow night is. Well, the few that are still left standing. Uh, tomorrow night is Ims LOP Radio Adventure, where I think he'll be doing a second part of his WrestleMania preview. He did the first part last week. Um, and I'm sure he'll be talking about Roman Reigns on his show because he had, he had talked about Roman Reigns on the previous show, and he probably wants to correct what he said. <laughs> um, on, on Friday is Ms. Fan's Mystery Bag, where he and the Mystic are going through... Uh, what what uh, Mystic did, who's who's kind of been in his own uh, NWA slash WCW centric wrestling bubble for a long time, has he's had Miss Fan pick out a wrestler that Miss Fan really likes because Miss Fan is basically like your has an encyclopedia knowledge of of pro wrestling, um, a wrestler that he likes of so two matches and a promo for that guy, and they're going to focus on that every week, which is a really awesome idea. Um, they did Katie, they did Eddie Kingston the first week. I'm not sure what they did last week because I haven't listened to it yet. But I'm sure they'll he'll come up with somebody great. Um, if you want to know see who has, who has um, knowledge of WXW and WSW and Chikara and Beyond Wrestling and American Rana and all that stuff, Miss Fancy guy, follow him on Twitter. He's an amazing gentleman. Um, 
And then we'll be back with you next week on next week on Tuesday talking about King about uh, WrestleMania on Kingdom of Honor. That's all we got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good. <laughs> <laughs>